0: How to transform your passion into a successful startup. Welcome to Leap, an inspiring podcast that focuses on the creative spirit inside us all. Jocelyn Bellows interviews accomplished entrepreneurs about overcoming obstacles and achieving greatness. Join us today and leap into a fulfilling and successful life.
1: Everybody and welcome to another edition of Leap. This is Jocelyn. Um, welcome back. Um, today, my guest is Martine Lopez, and Martine is the founder of the Curiosity Theory. So, I want to welcome Martine. Welcome.
0: Thank you. How are you doing, Jocelyn? Doing wonderful. How are you? Very excited to be talking to you. I'm very excited to be a part of Leap.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I know we've been working for a while to get ourselves um, on the calendar, so really grateful to, to have found time, and uh, and I'm glad to, to have you on the show. So I want to start just by a real general question. Um, please share with the audience what the curiosity theory is, and what it means to you, and, and how you got started.
0: So what it is is a book and a... Um it's a theory that I came up with mm-hmm. and I'll tell you how it came about in a minute, but basically it was a, what I call it is a path from conflict to resolution. So a path from being in conflict with are with yourself or with anybody else and how to resolve that and how to get to the next level, how to transform that. It probably should be from conflict to transformation, but people understand the word resolution more than transformation. So that's uh, that's what the curiosity theory is. Okay. There's so much more too. there's so much more to say. Well, keep going. Okay. So, okay. um, so what, what, what I can, l- let me explain it to you this way. How about if I just kind of tell you how it came about? Is that cool? Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. So, um, about three or four years ago, uh, I was driving home from work and I work about four or five minutes from, from home. And it was one of those tough weeks that, you know, you have, and, you know, I'm in the mortgage business. I am a loan officer. It's what I do for a living. And I was driving home and, and my wife had gotten home. She's a school teacher. She teaches junior high. And uh, we, you know, both had a tough week, and we said, "Hey, let's go out to dinner. Let's go out, and, you know, have a couple drinks. Maybe go listen to some jazz, some music. Maybe go, you know, go to you know, go do something fun." And we both agreed that we wanted to do that. And uh, I was, as I was driving home, I was trying to suggest where we would go eat dinner. Mm-hmm. And every Friday, I meet with my team. And that Friday we didn't meet. And what we do when I meet is we go to eat Vietnamese food, that pho, those noodles. And so I was excited about that. It's like, okay, maybe we can go out and eat some noodles. So I said, hey, how about if we go eat some pho? She's like, no, no. So, so, so where do you want to go? She goes, I don't care anywhere you want to go. And I thought, okay, well, let me try something else. And, and we live over by this, uh, this, this, uh, place called old town where there's like 30 or 40 Mexican restaurants and it's real close to our house. And I said, how about if we go over to old town and we get a margarita and, you know, listen to some music. And she's like, nah, nah. And I said, like, so where do you want to go? And she's like, I don't care anywhere you want to go. And I'm like, okay, it's not really working out right what you're saying <laughs> and right now I'm, I'm at the bottom of the street and i live at the, on the top of a hill so i'm kind of going up the hill and i'm like okay well how about if we go with some italian food you know my, i know my wife loves wine so get you know a nice bottle of wine and you know have some italian food and she's like no nah, nah, i don't really feel like that and uh, uh, so what do you want to do honey she goes i don't care anything you want to do and now i'm probably about uh 30 or 40 seconds from home and I just, I'm like fed up. And I just hung the phone up. I'm on the, you know, my cell phone. So I just hung it up and I pull up to the house and I walk in the house and she looks at me and she says, did you hang up on me? And I said, no, I didn't hang up on you. She goes, you hung up on me. I, go, no, I didn't hang up on you. She's you hung up on me. And five minutes later we're in an argument and, um, how we resolved the argument that day was uh, she went into the bedroom and she got on her iPad and started playing crossword puzzles. And I was sitting in the living room watching ESPN and it was about three thirty in the afternoon. And I was like, man, I don't. this is definitely not how I want to spend my Friday. And I'm about four miles from the beach. I'm just up on top of the hill and I drive down and I get to the beach. So I said, I'm going to go down to the beach. So I get in the car and I'm going to go down. I'm going to go on to the beach. And I, as I'm driving down, I'm trying to figure out like, why are we fighting? Like, you know, why like, it's Friday. It's like, you know, Got a great marriage. We got kids. We got a great life. Like, why are we fighting? And as I'm going down, driving down, I'm like going through the argument, and I'm actually winning the argument, like with my wife. I'm talking, and then I'm like, "All you had to do is this. I had to do this. If you did this, we wouldn't be fighting." And I'm kind of doing this in my own in my own brain, and I'm like, "Wow, that's kind of wild." It's like I'm having an argument with someone that's not even here, but I could hear myself do it. And um, then I get to the beach and I journal all I I, I always journal. So there's, there's, here's my journal. And whenever I journal and I have a question, I'm trying to figure something out. I'll put a question mark in the journal and then I'll write the question. And as I go back, I can kind of keep thinking, Oh, I had a question about this or I had a question. I was wondering about this and I'm on the beach and I don't have my journal with me. So I just do a question mark in the sun and I'm like, okay, why are we fighting? And so I'm walking a little bit further and, and thinking, "Eh, why are we fighting? I keep trying to figure out why we're fighting. And then all of a sudden this, this memory came up when I was in eighth grade and when I was in eighth grade I, I went to kind of a tough school and I was kind of a tough guy and um there were these two guys I hung out with one of them, his name was Mark and the other was named when name was John and Mark was a, a smaller than me and he loved to fight and he was in the martial arts and in eighth grade he had a black belt he was a pretty tough guy and he would always get us into fights and and um and we got into a lot of fights. And then John, on the other hand, he was this big guy. And I think John probably was a couple years older than us because he literally had a goatee in eighth grade. And and it was funny. We remember, like, we used to call him Fu Manchu. But he was a lot bigger than us. And he wasn't the kind of guy that ever got mad. He was kind of like a really quiet guy. But whenever he got mad, he did not calm down. Like, he would stay mad for a long time so one day I walk into the cafeteria and there's this crowd around, um, you know, there's just this crowd. And it's that type of crowd that you see when there's a fight. And so I break my way to the front of the crowd like, oh, hey, there's a fight, you know, because I'm you know, voyeur. I want to watch the fight, right? So I break my way to the front of the fight. And who's fighting right there is Mark and John. And they're like, you know, wrestling and kind of punching each other. And it's like a pretty good fight. I'm actually watching it for a second. And I think, hey, these are my buddies. I better stop it, right? So I reach in and I pull them apart. And as I pull them apart, I throw Mark to the ground on my left side and I pull John with my right hand and I'm holding onto his shirt. And As I hold onto his shirt, I rip his shirt and I'm still holding onto his shirt. And he then, so then what happens is as I'm trying to break up a fight, I'm now in the middle of a fight. So John pushes my hand away with his left hand. I can remember this. This all happened within seconds, but I can remember it like clear as day. And I'm, and I'm going through this on the beach. He hits my hand with his, with his left hand. And then now it pushes me back. And I'm like now in a fighting stance with him. And where I grew up, everybody, everybody knew how to fight. Like you had just had to know how to fight. And even the good kids know how to fight. Uh, and uh, so I'm getting ready to fight and I'm thinking like, what, like what's going on? And it was one of those thoughts I had in my brain that just came out of, you know, it's like, you think a thought and it all of a sudden just comes out. And as I'm getting ready to get pounded, cause he's a lot bigger than me and he will definitely beat me up, but I'm going to say, I'm going to get a couple licks in because you know that's how you fight. At least you get a couple punches in, and the guy's not going to fight with you ever again. That's kind of how it works, and that's kind of how men are, right? At least boys are that way. So as I get back and I'm ready to, you know, take a blow and deliver maybe a couple blows, I go, John, why are we fighting? And right as I said that, John dropped his hands, and he goes, I don't know. And he reaches over and he grabs Mark's hand, and they pick up. He picks him up, and they walk off. He goes, I'll see you later. And I'm like, on the beach, and I'm like, like, what happened? And I, and I remember like my, this is like one of those stories that's been in my head my whole life. Like what happened? Like, and then I go, Oh my God. I asked them why, why are we fighting? Which is the same question. I'm wondering like, why am I fighting with my wife? So I start to explore, like, is there anything else that happened like that in my life? And I start to see there was a number of, a number of of conflicts that I had been in my life where somehow I got out of them completely by accident. And a, there was one that happened about 15 years before that, where um, I, I used to be a real estate agent, and I was about 30 years old. And there was uh, there was a couple clients. That, their name was Sylvia and Hector. They were my clients, and um, we had closed escrow. And it was Friday afternoon and I was going to give them, everything happens on Fridays, obviously. Yeah? So I was going to give them the keys. They were coming to get the keys and I was super excited. And in the real estate business, um, you know, what you do is you make a big thing about handing keys over. It's like you make a, you know, like, you, you know, wine and cheese and, you know, gifts and all that. So I went to the house and I, and I opened up all the doors, opened up all the windows and they were, I was expecting them. It was like four thirty, five o'clock. And, um. And I put the wine out. I put the champagne, the cheese, and I got a gift certificate. And I can hear their car because uh, um, Hector drives of those big monster trucks. It's really loud, so I can hear it coming down the street. So I run out there like really excited. And I'm and I'm 30 years old here. And and you know I see the truck coming down, and I'm like had a big smile on my face. And Hector jumps out and gives me like a big hug. Hey, thanks, man. You're awesome. Blah blah blah. And I can see Sylvia walk around around the front of the truck, and she looks really upset. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're fighting or something. And I, we go into the house and, you know, we walk around the house to make sure everything's working. And then we go into the kitchen and they're on one side of the bar and I'm on the other side of the bar. And I say to them, I say, um, you know, I, you were re- referred to me by Elizabeth. She, you know, she liked what I did and what she does. She always refers all her friends to me. And how I build my business is by referral. So if you know anybody that's thinking about, you know, buying a house or something, You know, would you mind? And before I could say, finish what I was saying, like referring me, Sylvia's hand came up, like like hand to the face, and she says to me, Martin, we we won't be referring you anybody. And I was thinking, like like, why is she mad at me? Like because I'm thinking about this because. I had, I reduced my commission to get this thing sold. I got the seller to throw in closing costs, got the loan officer to kick in money. I mean, everybody kicked in money. We did so much to make this thing happen. I'm like, what's her problem? And this has happened all in a second. All of a sudden she starts to cry. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, I'm like, I need to get out of here. This is just, this is, this is crazy. So I'm thinking about just grabbing my, like literally think about grabbing my stuff and just le- like walking out like, eh, you know, and as I'm, just sitting there watching, Hector looks over to Sylvia and he grabs her hand, looks her in the eye, and he goes, "Honey, is there, is there something, something wrong?" And she just keeps crying. And she goes, "Everything. All I could think about when I got the offer accepted, we opened escrow, I could just, I just remembered, like thinking about the, I was gonna get my own key and open my own front door. And when I saw the front door open, it just broke my heart. And she looks at me. She goes, "I'm sorry, it wasn't your fault, Martine." And I'm like, "No, no problem." And I, I still had the key. I hadn't given the key. So I thought to them, I said, hey, you know what? Um, all that we were doing is like looking the house, inspecting the house. I hadn't given you my, the keys yet. They're still in the lockbox. You know, I just kind of like made a quick lie real quick. And I said, I got to go get them. I said, why don't you guys go drive around the block? I'll lock everything up. And before I could finish it, she was gone. Like she ran out of house, Left her purse. She ran out of the house. They got in the car they went around i closed up everything right and then and locked the house up and waited on the side of the curb i didn't even want to be in the house on the property so the car pulls up on the side of the curb she jumps out gives me a really really big hug and says thank you Martina. i really really appreciate everything you've done for us and to this day they still refer me business even though i'm not a real estate agent i'm a loan officer they still refer me business to this day it's been like almost 25 years and as i'm on the as i'm on the beach i'm thinking, There was another conflict that happened, and it ended completely by accident, and it was because Hector asked a question. It's the same thing that happened earlier. And I was like, whoa, this is really interesting. I wonder if I could ask my wife a question and if that could help our argument. So I get in the car, and I'm driving home. And as I'm driving home, I'm thinking about how I fight, like I fight a particular way. And since I grew up in a tough neighborhood, I don't really back down from fights because i was taught like how you deal with a bully somebody that comes at you is you just destroy them and i realized for the like, the last 17 years of my life i've been doing that with my wife every time we get an argument or a conflict that i would just make sure i won and it was a funny thing i was just talking to my wife about something and we, we had we had a little bit of a a, a little bit of some conflict this uh, yesterday uh, driving down from 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 big bear <laughs> and she was like say hey do you want to do an imago and i'm like i i do want to do an imago which is this exchange that we do like a way that we communicate with each other and i said but you know what i hate losing like i hate like i want to like i just want to tell you everything right and i want you to just agree with me like that's what i want and she starts laughing she goes i know you know she goes you don't really want me to tell you anything i go, "No." and that's how i like i'm still built that way like i just want to I just want to tell people how I feel and I just want people to listen to me and I don't care about how they feel. Like that's how I'm put together. And so what happened, so anyways, to kind of go back to the story. So I'm driving home and I'm thinking about that. And I get to the house and I walk through the front door and I go to the room and I can see she was crying. She had been on her she's on a crossword puzzle. I can see she's been crying. She looks at me. And I just walk up to her and I say, Honey, I'm curious, can you can you tell me, you know, why we're fighting? And she told me, she explained what I had done, how I had how I had communicated with her, how it wasn't, you know, it wasn't very loving, it wasn't very nice, and, and said some of the, told me some of the things I had said to her that week, and then that month, and then that year, and then for the last 17 years of our life. And we went out to dinner that night, and it was really great because I wasn't de- I wasn't defensive about what was going on. I was really curious. And so we we you know, we get home and we have a great night and all that, and I and I get up in the middle of the night and I start journaling. And I'm writing and I'm probably about 30 35 pages of journaling she gets up to get a glass of water and then she's walking you know to the to the kitchen to get a glass of water I'm in the living room and I ask her she says what are you doing and I said I'm just journaling and uh, I said can I ask you a question she goes yeah I said why you know why did you tell me everything like what had you tell me all that stuff that you told me and she said because I felt safe and respected I felt like it was safe you know and I was like whoa So I said, I'm going to start trying to figure out this curiosity thing, you know? And so I just, that night I said, the curiosity theory is what I'm going to, I'm going to just figure out the curiosity theory. So I started to study curiosity and what it does and how it creates all the different things. It creates like, you know, uh, innovation, it creates, you know, understanding, it creates just openness, it creates love, it creates all this stuff. And I started wanted to apply that to my real estate business to my mortgage business and into all, all my relationships. So I started to do that and I just found that all my business like doubled and tripled. like I started to get so much more business. and um, then I decided to write a book and um, and then start teaching people about curiosity as a way to not only resolve conflict uh, like a one- on one or yourself or with a group or but to use it for sales or use it for you know whatever else you're up to in life.
1: Such a beautiful start to this, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Now that you have been, how long has Curiosity Theory been around?
0: About three and a half years.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So 2016, I wrote it in March of, I think I I started writing in March of 2015 and then I launched it in March of 2016. Yeah.
1: When you say launch, what does that mean?
0: I launched the book. I had written the book and then I had gone through revisions and stuff. It took me about six weeks to write the book and then then I just revised it. I just kind of like over, because it was like 200 and, 10 pages of content. And I got it down to 68 pages because there was so much stuff that just, I was just repeating myself over and over. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to break down the story so that they're clear and that the points are made really quick. So it's an easy read.
1: Kind of like a handbook?
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot Mm -hmm. of people that read it, they'll call me and and I'll get calls from people all over the world and, or just messages and say, you know, I read your book. Thank you. This is what I got out of it. And that's really what it's designed to be something that you can pick it up and read it I could read a chapter maybe on uh the chapter on, on feelings or the chapter on needs or the chapter on uh you know this on observations. So there's different chapters and it's designed so that hey, I'm stuck. Let me read this chapter. This can kind of trigger, you know, my myself uh getting through this conflict with this person.
1: Mm-hmm. So share with the audience some of the things that you've learned in your journey in this past three years, having created the curiosity theory and and things that you've learned on your pathway?
0: I think that um, I would say probably the the biggest thing is, is kind of what I shared uh, earlier right now is just that, you know, on our way driving down from Big Bear, my wife and I, you know, we got upset and and um, I did something that really upset her. And then when she, you know, we talked today, we're going to talk today about it is is I could just be honest about things. You know, curiosity is giving me the ability to be honest and, um in a, in a different way, not honest honesty like I'm saying my truth like I don't have to believe it. I can just express myself and we have a we have a distinction that's called honestly expressing in the mm-hmm. course and curiously investigating. So honestly expressing is the way to say things is the way to say something so that you're being honest but you're being responsible for what you're saying. Like I'm saying I am you know I don't want to do the imago because I want to win. First what,
1: what, is, what is an amago?
0: In Imago is a technique where you where you speak to uh, another person and then you are owning, you're saying I, it's I statement. So like, I am upset. I feel angry because of this. Or mm-hmm. I feel sad because of this. But you're, you're and, then the, and then what the other person does in the Imago is then they just simply give you back what you said. I say something like, well, I understand. So what I hear you saying is that you're angry because of this. And then you go, Yes. And it's just how you—it's just a way to get somebody to get somebody's communication, and then what you do is you're 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 listening to it in a neutral way, and so when my wife is going to express what happened with her, is she's going to say this, and my job is to simply get her communication, not to do anything with it.
1: Mm-hmm. It sounds to me that you're applying a little bit of the Four Agreements. Are you familiar with the the book?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, there's so much. I have so much. I have mean, studied so much stuff. So in the curiosity theory and the way we do it, and my wife and I have gone through so many courses that, yeah, we just, you know, we apply all that together. We use all that as reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And
1: have, how have your relationships transformed in applying uh, the curiosity theory in, in your loving relationships and your relationships with your friends and your business
0: partners? I would say I would let's start with business. So in business, um, I was, I had learned as a young kid, how you did things. Like there was a certain way to do things and you were, you, you were kind of like be tough. Like you're like the man, you know, you're, and it was, and so that's how I approached it. So when, when I was, would talk to my, my team, I I'm the boss, you know, like you're going to do what I need you to do like that. And, and as a result, um, you know, we were productive, but I would step on people and then I would expect those people just to deal with themselves. They're getting paid. You know, they're, that's their job. And, and um, what's happened out of the curiosity theory is I've been more uh, aware of like how, what I'm saying to somebody, how it's landing for them. So I'll say something and I'll be looking to see how is that landing for the person. And um, like a lot of people, they'll talk about NLP and they'll talk about some stuff like that. I don't use that. I don't use NLP stuff. I actually curious. So let's say I said something to you Jocelyn and I would I would ask you can you tell me what you heard like I'd want to know like what you heard and, and and then if I thought I offended you I would I would I would say as a question to be curious Jocelyn I'm curious did what I say offend you did that offend you because that's what I'm thinking so if I'm if I'm interacting with you or relating to you and I'm thinking I'm offending you then what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through the rest of the conversation as though I'm offending you and that's going to inform everything I said. And let's say I didn't offend you. Let's say you should like, that doesn't bother me. That's fine. So then now I'm operating through a different set of uh, like a a different way of being. And it's completely inappropriate for what's happening.
1: So talk to me a little bit about NLP. I Know what that term means. Can you explain to the audience what Nlp is and why you've just decided that that's not something that fits within your realm for the curiosity theory?
0: Um okay, so nlp the way this is the way I understand it okay, so mm-hmm. and I could be I could be wrong about it. so mm-hmm. but like again, we operate from what we believe something is. correct So what I've seen, and some of the practitioners that I've seen teach Nlp, and I um, that it's, it's, it's about breaking patterns. So something's going on, you break a pattern, and then you then introduce what you want to have the person say or know inside of the next part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and, and it's very successful for a lot of people. I just wondered for myself in particular, is like, so what does that have to do with the other person? Mm-hmm. So if I'm interjecting what I think you need to do, Without your permission, and I'm using a pattern interrupt to get you to kind of like, oh, okay, break your pattern, so that I can introduce what I have to say. What does that have to do with you? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that that I consider that manipulation. So, because, <laughs> and and the reason I consider that manipulation is because what does that have to do with the other person? Like, if I'm going to commit conversation with somebody, and I'm and and it's going to be a win-win, then I need to know what the person needs to win. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. So um, so the curiosity theory, it's about like curiously investigating what the other person wants. And then you'll tell me. And the the thing that happens um, is oftentimes people are going to say what they want, but they don't say it the way that they really want to say it. Like how many times have you been in conversations where you said something like, that's not really what I meant. I didn't mean that. And all of a sudden now you're in a conflict. And you know what you mean, but it didn't come out the way you wanted it to. And you're like, Ugh. And if you can get a second chance at saying it, or a third or fourth chance, it'll probably work itself out.
1: Yeah. Though I, I think I'm going to to touch on a couple of those things. First of, yeah. of all, um, I, I see, I guess, a little bit of a different perspective on the NLP component and yeah. your curiosity theory, right? Because NLP, in, in my viewpoint, when an individual is, is has decided to dive into NLP work, that individual hopefully is coming from speaking really from their, the most deepest, deepest being, right? We're wanting to break through limiting beliefs, fears, doubts, and really kind of get to the the heart or the root cause and as an individual, going through NLP work from you, I look at you as from the curiosity theory, you're the outside person looking in, let's just say you and me, I'm the one going through NLP. I've made that decision to, to make the change for myself yes, for yes. you from curiosity theory standpoint, you're coming into me and asking question, questions of curiosity and you're forming your questions. My guess here is you're using curious words to help me to open up. So it's, I still say, I still see some, maybe
0: some parallels to that. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so it's definitely, so I, I, what I'm doing is, is I'm, I'm suggesting that we stay curious. Yeah. So, cause, cause when we know something, when we know something, then we operate as though what we know is the truth and then we mm-hmm. operate through the truth. And then sometimes we find ourselves in mm-hmm. conflict. If what you're doing is you, I, I mean, I want to learn NLP. I've got a couple friends that are really good teachers and practitioners at NLP. Yeah. So I would like to learn it as well. Um, so. If somebody has NLP, if that's what they're trained in. I'm real curious about like how they use it and how are they using it in our conversation and what do they, what do they want out of the conversation? So it may be, um, that they're saying, Hey, this is how I use it. And, and this is, I don't, I'm not, you know, being manipulative and I'm not saying that it's a manipulative thing to do. I'm just suggesting that sometimes it seems to me that it can be manipulative. And, um, and, and that's the part that, that I'm not excited about, um, does it work absolutely i have i had conversations with people and people pointed out hey you're that's an nlp thing i'm like oh cool i didn't know that right so yeah. i think it's the intention that's behind it i think that's what you were saying it's the intention behind what the person's doing um i've just been around a lot of people because i'm i go on speaking circuits and stuff around a lot of people that do nlp and it just seems that the approach that they that they have is is a, and i'm not talking a couple people i'm a lot of people that the pro- approach that they have in sales and different things is is it's all about a pattern interrupt and i need this person to do this so i'm going to do this 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 so the person does that and mm-hmm. to me it's like wow that's that's a really interesting way to do it because i was wondering like well what about the person what about the person you're talking to
1: I almost see like I almost I almost see a, a joining of the two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think in, in the optimal way, this is just my viewpoint of using NLP is first starting by getting curious about the individual, right? Um, having done some work in this myself, working with a coach um, who who I didn't know what NLP was until the beginning of you know till maybe a handful of months ago myself, um, but we began the conversation. With getting curious about what it was that I was trying to aspire to be,
0: yeah
1: where was I trying to go? What was I you know, what were the things that were holding me back? And once we got curious and defining a little bit of what it was that we were headed towards, then the words all came from me, all the feelings and all the emotion, everything came from me. That was my practitioner, yeah. so I had a very good experience with it. So I guess that's you know maybe my myopic view of really having the compliment starting with the curiosity of what it is we're trying to attain and through that conversation conversations uh-huh. uh, and many many months of work um you get to that point and also, yeah. i almost actually sort yeah. of said with you too like you broke your own habits um when you started this i mean when you started about when you started to, to share your stories about and it started with an argument with your wife and then you start to flash back to things that had happened over the course of your life and now you're approaching it differently. So you actually, in my viewpoint, I think you've already done some of that really intentionally it's definitely an evolution. But you broke yourself and restarted and said, there are other ways. Yes. Right.
0: And, um, and I think that, yeah. And I think that I don't want to, I don't want to um, have anybody think that I think NLP is bad. It's not bad. It's just um, your- I, I my suggestion is is just stay curious, like stay curious. Like, um, if it's working, if it's working, if what you're trying to do is accomplish X, Y, Z, and it's working, then great. If you find yourself in conflict and you and you try your pattern interrupt and that doesn't work, maybe the person gets upset. Then sit back and be curious, apply curiosity, and see if that takes you somewhere. Um, and so, let me kind of say how why it, it why it, that works. So when we're in conflict, we have three different things we can do. We basically go into what we call reptilian mode. So we can either fight our way through it. So I'm going to have it my way. We can run away and just, or we can ignore it. So fight, flight, or freeze. And so those are our options. And what happens is when we're in conflict, oftentimes we're in our, we're in this like drive, in this, like, like I said, reptilian mode, but we're not in control of our, what's going on. We're, we're, we're just reacting and we're saying what we say. We're, 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 going through our strategies of how to deal with that. And, um, like my strategy was just to destroy. That was my, my strategy, just fight until I win. So when I'm now in, in, in that reptilian mode, then what I can do is sometimes I just say, let me try a different thing. Let me just sit back and not say anything. Let me sit back. I don't need to make this thing any worse. So sit back and be curious and say, what's going on here. So what happens for me is I sit back and I look and see what's going on. And even when things are good, even things are like a really moving in a great direction, I apply curiosity, like, wow, this is really great. What did I, what? just to be curious, how can I keep this thing going? Um, is there something I could do to, 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 to make this greater? You know, what can I do? And, and I just stay curious. So I use curiosity as the foundation. And um, when I find myself doing some NLP stuff that people said, that's an NLP thing, I go, that's really cool. And I try to remember that and make that as part of what I'm gonna do in the future. Um, what I try to do and I try to be curious, I try to always want to see how it's affecting somebody else. Mm -hmm. So always curiously investigating how it's going on for other people and then being able to honestly express what's going on for myself with people. And so I'm not saying NLP is bad. It's great. I can't wait to learn more about it. Um, And I do know a lot about it already. Um, I just think that curiosity is a foundation. If you apply curiosity below it and you put NLP on top of it, I think you can be more, I think you find yourself more effective.
1: Could be a very powerful combination.
0: Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I want to kind of go back to some of the origin origin work. So here you are. Now you are three years down the line. Um, gosh, you wrote a book within six weeks. Hi, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am like I write, and then I'm like, oh, I'm not. I'm not there, and it's like the ideas aren't coming. And I come back to it, and you know that is one of my one of my goals. So congratulations on that thank you how do you you know now that you're, you're three years down the line how do you stay focused and excited and and talk maybe a bit about some of this and the struggles or challenges you've had along this three-year journey um and how you kind of
0: move through it that's really, that's uh, yeah that's a huge thing um how i stay excited about it is i i think that in life you get gifts that's like my my theory, you know. In life you get gifts. Some people are great musicians, some people are really funny, some people are artists, some people are really good at at business and all that. And I feel like this is a gift. Like I got a gift of like this curiosity theory. Like when I tell people I wrote the curiosity theory, they go, "Wow, that's really cool," you know. And it it, it it's like that's my legacy. Like that's what I was put on this earth to do is to bring curiosity theory out. So, um, it's just it's a how do you, I don't even know the right word to say. It's just, it's what I'm about. And so when you find what you're about then you just do it, there's no, you know, you know, people talk about, well, you know, quit your job and go do what you love. I'm not a big believer in that. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a big believer in that. Uh, I just, I think that's really bad advice for most people. Um, And I think you just, you think you just need to learn to love. And then you then express that with everything. So if you can learn to love, then you go to work. And if you're in the space of loving, then you'll bring that to what you do. And um, that's really, for me, what it is. It's just I'm in the space of curiosity, and I just apply it everywhere. And it's your superpower. It's my superpower, yeah. But, you know, this is the thing. It's like my wife's way better at it than I am. Like my wife, Yvette, is like way better at being I, I'm such a jerk. I, I It's kind of like I need <laughs> it, you know. I, I am such an ass, you know. And, like, I, I, I can say like my wife says, hey, you want to do this Imago? You know, I'm like, yeah, I want to do it, but I don't want to I don't want to lose. <laughs> you know? well, then. You know? it, if you read Imago, there's no win-lose. It's win-win, you know. But it's still my way is I don't want to lose. You get, like, yeah, I want to do it, but I want you to be quiet and listen to everything I have to say, and then we'll be done. Like, So it's like every day in every way I've got to use it. It just shows up. It's like, oh, you're not being curious. And and it's like, I don't want to be curious. I want to fight. I want to win, you know? And so I've just found it to be, it's it's just it's just the way human beings are. And when I when I actually apply curiosity, because I don't always do it, when I apply it, it just seems like, oh, my life just got like 10 times easier.
1: Right? Because yeah, you're easier. in your flow.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. It puts you right into flow. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah 100%. It's funny.
1: So I'm going to kind of cycle back to something you said earlier about the flight, fight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And the freeze portion was when you just decide to, like, you know, stay in it or you just move through it and you don't really process it. Mm-hmm. What I find is very interesting, and maybe you maybe you can um, alliterate on this, and you kind of actually just did. If you choose in the moment not to process and learn, that thing shows up again and yes. again. And again, and that lesson keeps going until you get to a place where you d- decide it's time to process it. And you kind of, you just talked, you sort of mentioned that with it, your Mago and how you've decided that sometimes you don't want to do it because you, you want to win, when in reality you know that it is a win-win because you're both coming into it together, ideally with open openness and checking your ego and checking your, um, not taking it personally,
0: yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know,
0: just curious your thoughts on on that. Well, the the like yeah if I, if'm I, if I'm being honest and and I try to be honest, like honestly expressing, uh-huh. like I don't I don't want to check my ego in, you know, I don't I, okay. I, like I don't I get, like seriously, like <laughs> when you talk to people, it's like, do they really want to check their ego? Did because their ego is like running them. It's like, no, I I want it my way. I, I no, I you know, no. And 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 we hold on to stuff. And the, the that is that, that reptilian brain. That's mm-hmm. that reptilian brain holding on. And the cool thing about curiosity is when you when you use curiosity, then you actually when you ask yourself a question, your brain has to answer. Mm-hmm. Like when you ask a question, your brain's going to go, "Well, what's the what's the answer to that?" And you'll start to look, and you leave that reptilian. The reptilian brain is actually a part of a brain. It's, it's back here in the back of our head. It's our oldest brain. It's our mammal brain. It's what lizards have and birds have, and you know, it's this. But it's an automatic brain. Like if you're walking down the street and there's a let's say a, a flock of birds sitting, in, you know, right there in the street as you walk toward them, the birds are all going to fly away, because they're, they they it's, it's how they defend themselves. Let's get out of here. We walk around at nighttime, sometimes we're like, hey, it's dark. There could be danger here. These are automatic things. This is how we survive. And, our, and as human beings, this is how we're, we're put together. So we have to find a way. We don't have to, but it's a cool thing to do to find a way to get out of that. Mm-hmm. And curiosity, when you ask yourself a question, then you then then tr- triggering your, your, um, your higher reasoning center, and your brain's going to try to figure out the answer. So what happened in those two incidents, both of those stories, is when I asked John the question, why are we fighting? It took him out of the reptilian mode and took him into like, well, what? I don't know the answer. Like, so he was, no, he was no longer in the fight mode. He went, into a curi- he went into his own curious mode. It took him out of there. And when you're, when you're in, that, um, in the neocortex, the neocortex doesn't want to fight. The neocortex wants to figure out what the answer is. And he's going, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And it's over. And I and I know I still know John. And I asked him, I told him I wrote about him in the book. He's like, he doesn't even remember it even happened. <laughs> um, so it's so funny. It's like this thing is for me, you know. And then when when Hector asked Sylvia, you know, is there something bothering you? You know, she was able to that that she was able the question triggered her out of the upset, out of the sadness and into curiosity where she actually got to express herself and actually look. And then when she as she did that it, it, it took her out of the upset and, and it gave her responsibility to it. And she looks, I'm really sorry. It wasn't your fault. I did this, you know, and it was completely her doing that. So that's the power of curiosity. And, and that's not an easy thing for us to do when we're in conflict, when we're mm-hmm. in the middle of the fight, when we're in the middle of the, the junk, you know, my friend calls it the poo poo. When you're in the middle of the poopoo, it's not as easy to get out. So what happens to curiosity theory is we teach the methodology of how to get out. Mm-hmm. And, um, how to get out and why you should get out. And it's not me telling people why they should get it out. It's them people discovering for themselves why you want to get out in every situation. It's kind of a big, what's, what's in it for me. Like, yeah. why do I, what, you know, when we're, we're in the middle of a fight, what's in it for me is winning. What's in it for me is being right. So in order to get out of the fight, I got to figure out a bigger what's in it for me. Like if I get out of this fight, what's in it for me? And in the curiosity theory, we teach a methodology how to discover and how to, in the moment, in, in real time, how to discover what's in it for me so that that can then compel you versus the thing that we're holding on to, which is being right. And it's really, really powerful and it works every time.
1: Interestingly, a word that is popping through, I, like I see it in the forefront of my mind, vulnerability coming into that. Does vulnerability play a role?
0: Vulnerability is, um, okay, so let me um, kind of tell you what we teach in the curiosity theory. We have three different distinctions that we teach, and it's from nonviolent communications, the work of Marshall Rosenberg, and I apply all, a lot of other stuff together. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is observations. It's how we observe things. Okay. And when we look at observations, um, like people listening to, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I'll, I'll say something. Jocelyn will say something you'll take it in and then you'll make us you'll you'll just you'll you'll make a story about it like you'll try to connect it to your life that's what we do with life so we observe life and then we then we, we we take it in and then we try to make sense of it and there's facts and there's stories so the fact is is that red car hit the blue car that's a fact the story is the guy in the red car is a jerk because he went through the stoplight or whatever that's a story the thing is, is that we don't live through our facts, we live through our stories. So somebody could be listening here and going, that's this guy's full of it, he isn't always talking about. That's a story. It may be right, but it's still a story. So we live through our stories, that's the first part. The second thing is those stories, the observations trigger a feeling in us and they trigger a feeling in us because we have a need that's either being met or not being met. So we're constantly filtering out, does this meet my needs? Does this meet my need for love and belonging? Does this meet my self-esteem needs? Does this meet my, my survival needs, my safety needs? And those are constantly in play. And, and and we don't really have access to that because it's always automatic. So the curiosity thing, what we do is we separate all those things and we put them in front of you so that you learn how to operate day in, day out naturally, um, being able to, to to deal with those. And um, what it does is it gives you more access to your life and gives you more access to other people. And so when, when you're stuck, like being, being right about something, you then can investigate, like what's going on? Why am I being right? What am I getting out of it? And you can do that so quickly and you don't have to like try to remember anything because once you've gone through the curiosity theory, because it's an exp- experiential program, mm-hmm. it's just part of you, you just then be naturally curious because you see the value of it. So what we do is we teach the value of curiosity the way I discovered it, and then give you a way to, to then be curious in a way that you can then possibly discover it yourself. And as you ongoingly apply curiosity, you ongoingly grow. So what's in it for me in the middle of a conversation when I'm being right, what's in it for me is my ongoing growth to get out of this. So I can go, so, so I know if I, I know what I'm getting out of being a jerk, I'm being a jerk, I'm not getting anything. It's gonna be separation. We have a thing called the uh, regressive and the progressive cycle. <laughs> like, there's so much to teach about this. The regressive cycles, when we're, when we're in reptilian mode, uh, we, we, our, our relationships regress. When we're curious, our relationships progress. And there's a cycle, there's a pattern that they progress in, and there's a cycle that they regress in. But being able to identify that and understand that, this, I'm just in a cycle. I'm just, I'm just going down the rabbit hole. Do I want to continue? Well, that's a choice. You can continue. And sometimes we choose to keep fighting. Sometimes we keep to doing what we're, do- keep doing, what we're doing. There's no judgment in the curiosity theory. It's just, just got to notice what you're doing. If you want to get out, you have a choice. Apply curiosity, apply, look and see what's going on. What did you observe? How did that make you feel? And what need is being met or not being met? And then from that point on, what is a higher need? What's in it for you? What could you get out of this by getting a different need met? Maybe a need for. It could be a a need for anything. Maybe a need for um, meeting challenge. It could be a need for self-expression. Sometimes I find myself in situations and um, I'm stuck. And I say, okay, I want to apply curiosity to meet my need for self-expression. So self-expression, since I wrote the curiosity theory, it's an expression. So I'd be curious. So it's how I express my theory. So then I let go of the being right, Mm -hmm. and now I'm expressing myself. And I'm see. So what am I getting out of it? I'm getting out being more expressive in my book, Mm -hmm. in what I teach. So Mm -hmm. it's it's how do you find something that's really going to work for you in conflict situations? When you go through the curiosity theory, you learn how to do that like super quick, like super fast. And then we have like a, you know, and then we have like a mastermind that we kind of go through situations every week. We do a mastermind and people then say, oh, this is what I ran into. This is what I ran into. One thing happens in the mastermind is people are expressing themselves and saying, hey, this is um, this is what I ran into this week. As we coach through those things, other people get to see themselves and go, oh, you know what? I do that same thing. I I could apply that. So it's ongoing growth and development. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And I even hear elements of relatability as -hmm. well. Right? Because yeah. yeah. you, 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 take, you take lessons learned and you relate it back to what's most relatable to you within your life and how do I apply it?
0: Yeah. So, when you <laughs> I think you said a vulnerability, is that the word you used?
1: That I you used said. vulnerability early, earlier, okay. and I think there's a, there's a tandem there. I believe so let's,
0: so. let's say vulnerability is a quality that you want to increase. Mm-hmm. Let's say I, I want to become a more vulnerable person. for everybody it means it means something for everybody It's it's their own version of that some people might say you know i want to be more vulnerable but i still need to protect myself because i just don't want to open myself to a barrage of you know somebody just coming at me but i also want to be somebody that is um that shares myself a little bit more Mm -hmm. so you could be in a conflict and say you know i'm i can be right about this conflict or i can i can i can have a next level of vulnerability and so maybe i say something like maybe that person would say something like um I'm really curious what's going on. What did you hear? What I said, being vulnerable to listening, you see? So, so you get what you want. So it's like, what's in it for me? What's in it for you in that moment is you get to go to a higher level of your vulnerability, a deeper cut Mm -hmm. and you get, and you're in charge. So then now listening to the person, what expressing what they had to express in the situation, you had to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So you're in charge. So you're now now I'm listening to somebody so that they can um so that they can honestly express themselves. I'm curiously investigating, and I'm also getting for myself what's in it for me. Is I'm get, taking a deeper cut at my own vulnerability, and that's yeah. what I can take. So I take that out of the conversation. Wow, I was more vulnerable. That's awesome. I love that. You know, that's how the curiosity. That's how the pillars of curiosity theory work. That's what we teach in the course. How to identify what it is that thing that you really really want. Or what you could want and then use that as a as a space to generate yourself as a place to as a place to stand so that you can deal with what's right there versus yes. being stuck in the muck being stuck yes. in the in the argument
1: I even hear that though going back to the origin story with your wife you know when mm-hmm. you came back into the house and she started to share with you all the things that had been bothering her because clearly it had been it, it sounded like there were several things that had been building up yeah. and, and she felt comfortable enough to share with you what really had been been behind all of the, the anger and the frustration that led to the, the argument. And then she said, and she, according to your story, she shared, you know, I felt safe. So she allowed herself to be vulnerable to share with you some of those things that were a little, perhaps a little scary, and unsure, but she felt safe. And she opened up. And look where you guys, look what you have developed as a result.
0: Absolutely. Along
1: along this path um, of creativity. Did you ever have any concerns or doubts about sharing your voice Um, as you were developing, as you're writing the book and as you're now developing, you're, you're out there speaking, but as you were developing your voice and your workshops, Were there things along the way they were like, I don't know. Did you have those?
0: Yeah. But they're more around um, my, okay. So we talked about this a second. Like, what do you get out of it? Right. Mm -hmm. So it was more around like me being embarrassed and not being able to communicate clearly. That was it. So what got me through that, right. Is me saying, I'm going to, I'm going to teach this course and I'm going to have a breakthrough in clarity. I'm going to have a breakthrough in communication. So what drove me is what took me out of my fear, what took me out of my muck, you know, of going, God, you're stupid. People aren't going to understand you. You're an idiot. You're too fat. You know, they're just going to look at you and go, God, who's this fat guy teaching this course, you know, like all the stuff that happens before we like, you know, walk on stage, I can choose a different place to source myself from. And I can source myself from, Hey, uh, Hey, why don't I have a breakthrough in clarity? Why don't I go to the next level in clarity? And so my focus then would be the clarity or it would be uh, how can I meet the challenge of speaking in front of a thousand people? How can I meet the challenge of of actually delivering what the, there's to deliver? And so using curiosity, and we give you, you, we actually give out, there's a couple really cool pages that we give out in the course and you use those pages to be able, to, if you're stuck, to be able to see what it is you really want to get out of it. And it has to do with Maslow's hierarchy of needs and all this stuff. It's really, really cool stuff. And um, sometimes we, re- we reference those, those those um those pages um mm-hmm. and say this is what I this is what I want to get out of it or this is what I'm stuck in you know my I'm not getting my need met for communication or for being understood and then but what's more important might well, might be important to just be clear and so I, I'm not really making that's not really making a lot of sense um I, I can understand some people it does make sense too. for most people probably what I'm saying is not making sense um what it is let me step back. The challenge that I face in um, in my own self is what, what goes on in my own brain, mm-hmm. not what's out there. So how I get through it is I use curiosity theory and I use the levels of curiosity that we have to be able to source myself to something that's bigger than my own holding myself back.
1: So you're changing your own voice in your head.
0: I, yeah. Well, you change your own voice, but you source yourself for something. So mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll source myself. So... Like for instance, my wife and I were going to have an, we're going to do an amago, okay? Because when we were skiing, I was a jerk. So, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have that conversation. I, I don't want. To, I don't want her to tell me this is what you did. This is what you said. This is what pissed me off. Whatever. I don't want to have that conversation. Who wants to have those conversations, right? So, I got to be vulnerable, like you said. I've got to also trust, you know. And I've been married twenty years, and even though I've been married twenty years, I still. I still deal with the same stuff I dealt with in my other relationships that were 30 years ago and what happened in this relationship 25, uh, you know, 15 years ago, I still do as I'm a human being. I'm not transformed. I'm not, I'm not enlightened. I'm a human being. And I still experience the same fear and the same sadness and the same conflict, the same things, the same things I don't want to do. And I, and I don't like to have to be told That I I did something wrong. I don't want to be told that. Sometimes I need to listen to that. And that requires curiosity.
1: Is it wrong or is it the way that whatever you have communicated, how she is perceiving it?
0: Ask me that again?
1: So rather than being a right or wrong, is it perhaps the methodology or the words that you use to communicate and then how she's perceived it? Because it communication is is yes. I think such a complex thing. Yes, It'd be very simple. But I think we're on reality.
0: Well, it's both because, from my perspective, the way she, see, from my perspective, the way she heard it was wrong. Right. From her perspective, this is how I this is how I heard it. <clears throat> so she's correct in her perspective. We're both right about our perspectives, it's because. Yeah, because she has her history and she just has the way she looks at things. And she has the way that she says, well, you did this, did this, this is, this is what it means. And I have my thing. Well, I did this because of this. It meant this. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, we're both correct. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, she's right. That's what it means in her language. This is what it means in my language. And, and so curiosity gives me the, gives me the opportunity to go, wow. So that's what that meant in your language. Yeah. I got it. And, and, and then she says, and I felt sad or I felt angry. I got it. Your your language says when this happens, it makes you sad. It makes you angry and your need for safety or your need for um, companionship or your need for uh, being understood has not been met. And when I could hear that, it's like, okay, well you want companionship. You want to be understood. You need to feel safe. And when I do that, you don't get that need met and you're, your emotional response to that is being angry, being sad, whatever those things are. But that has nothing to do with me. But empathy is what we teach in the curiosity theory. Empathy is that last, um, that last bit of gold, which says, I can understand that. I, I can understand that, like I, I get that. I get that for you, what I said or what I did made you feel this way, I get that. And I don't have to then take it on like I did something bad. So the way we do empathy i, I teach a new I, I i redistinguish empathy in the curiosity theory And what we say in the curiosity theory is empathy is is that you can reference of an emotion that somebody's feeling as they're feeling but you can reference it yourself so if she says i'm sad i can reference sad in my own life i go yeah i i, I have been sad in my life and that sucks so if what you're feeling sad i would imagine that sucks but so being curious I would say, Jocelyn, I, 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 you're sa- you, so. You, what you said is you're sad, and I would imagine that sucks. And you would say,
1: I, I actually would go around of inquiring what that means.
0: Exactly. So I say to you, yeah.
1: I'm sad, and I, I. What I'd hope in your response, from a curiosity standpoint, is you're going to come back to me and say, "Well, what does that make you? What does that mean? And how does that translate for you? Because you want to understand yeah. that." But I think ultimately, we all want to be heard, not listened to. We want to be heard and understood. And I think that's what the basis of curiosity theory is all about.
0: Well, that's it, it, it is. And you said it perfect. It. You, you just did it perfectly. So the cool thing about this for me is that I can watch you do it. And then I can then learn how to do it even more. Does that make sense? Yeah, it just builds. Yeah. It builds. to go, oh yeah, that's what I forgot to do. You know, I didn't do it that way. You know, and yeah. and but I don't have to be upset about myself. I don't have to be like, God, you're yeah. a, what a jerk. You know, I go, oh okay, great. You know, it's 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 there's a lightheartedness in that. You know, well, wow, you got it. You got the curiosity through, You got it. It it and you got your version of it. Like this is how I'm going to do the curiosity theory. Yeah, like watch you do it and go. That's so cool.
1: I think it's such a beautiful way to lens to look at life um, because I think we all, you know, we're meant to connect with others. Um, you know, I was recently asked, you know, who am I? Right. Who is Jocelyn? just such a, it sounds like a really easy question. And I think so often, like we go into the labels, okay. I'm a mom and I do, you know, I work as an event planner during the day and I do this and I'm that, and I'm that. Well, Those are labels. Who am I inside? I believe that I'm a connector. Mm. Right? I connect people to people or people to things or things to things. That's something that I feel is my superpower. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think as beings, we we so desire to be connected. We're meant to be connected to one another. And if you kind of take a bigger step and if you believe in some of this universal alignment, we're all connected. We are all connected. Yeah. And Absolutely. I, and I think. Curiosity theory gives us beautiful channel in which we get to do that.
0: Yeah. And we're just
1: Yeah. And in a very empathetic way.
0: Yeah.
1: In a very beautiful way of removing the ego and removing the, the layers and just allowing ourselves to, to be. So I thank you for you sharing that. Um, and as we sort of wrap up this conversation, I want to ask a couple things. Number one, what is your goal for curiosity theory? What what are you wanting what impact do you want to leave with the world? And number two, um, what's next for curiosity theory?
0: Good question. So um, my personal goal for myself is <clears throat> is I want to be the number one. So this is like the ego thing, right? So I want to be the number one communication coach in the world. Awesome. So, yeah. And the channel that I do it is through the curiosity theory. So I was, I used to be a sax player, a musician, right? So I, I was a sax player, that's what I was. And I expressed myself, I expressed the saxophone through jazz music. So I wanna be the, I wanted to be the best jazz, I wanna be the best sax player back then. And I really did. The way I wanna be the best communicator, the number one communicator, is different. It like, it calls to me more than anything ever in the world. And how I want to express myself is through the curiosity theory, by teaching people that and giving people that gift.
1: So how can listeners learn more about you, your curiosity theory? Where can they find you uh, both online and at events? Because you host
0: events. I do um, so a couple of different ways uh, I'm always looking for speaking opportunities all over the United States all over the world so I'm looking for that so if you have a opportunity to uh, for a speaker then please reach out to me on that so I can share you share with you know the keynote that way. Uh, I also if you go to curiosity3.com you can see my courses and right now they um, they're in-person courses so you have to be there um, and in March or April we're going to start to launch um, online courses. So that's that's already built out. We just gotta um, launch that. So um, just go to the Curiosity com and see what we have available and uh, and just connect with me. Connect with me, and uh, we'll see where that goes. I'm just awesome. curious, how I can, curious how I can be of service.
1: Awesome. And the
0: book. Where can we get the book? Thecuriositytheory.com. dot com. Okay. There's awesome. a link to that. Yeah, I have the audio book. Um, it, it, I have the audio book. At, it's on Amazon and it's also on the on the website as well. Awesome. And the book book yeah
1: Martine, i really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story with me today and with our audience i am really excited about what you're working on and thank you for sharing the book with me so i have some reading to do and just stay curious right stay
0: curious that's my little (laughs) hashtag stay curious
1: all right cool (laughs) thanks Martine. have a wonderful rest
0: of your day thanks jocelyn bye-bye Thanks for joining us for this edition of Leap. To learn more about Leap, the podcast and coaching services, please join us on our Leap Facebook page at facebook.com slash Leap.